Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. Well, we're in a series called Extraordinary. Everybody say Extraordinary. And if we take that word, break it down a little bit, we come up with extraordinary. And we're talking about your life and about your life becoming a little bit better. It's not to insult you, but how many of you know your life could probably be a little better? Six, seven, all right, all All of us. And you know the areas, and then you probably have some other areas. It's like, wow, I didn't know that could get better, but but it actually can. So what we're doing, this is all about um, great practices for a better life. These are things that you can do. And hear me on that. These are things that you can do. So often we exempt ourselves and say, well, maybe they could do it or she could do it or he could do it. Um, But no, these are things that you can do. I'll go ahead and say these are things you should do. And these are things, honestly, you must do so that life can come up, you know, a little bit better from where it is. And if life is good for you, I still think that God has more for you. And I think if and I think if, if life is a, a mess right now, you know that God can certainly help you with, with that as well. All right, this, this is just in. All right, so last week we looked at beginning and ending your day. Beginning and ending your day. Kind of like your takeoff and your landing. And we looked at some practices, both spiritual and practical, that would help you in your day as you take off and as you land. And let me just draw your attention to this here. The better morning you have and the better night you have, chances are the better day you're going to have. And if you can string a few better days together, what are we headed toward? We're headed toward a a better life. So today I want to shift gears. And what we're going to look at today, um, just by subtitle, we're going to call it this. It's all in your head. Everybody say that. It's all in your head. And we're talking about your thoughts we're talking about your thoughts, what happens in between your ears in this four and a half to six and a half or eleven and a half, however big your, your head is, um, you know, what's going on right in here. So uh, it's your thoughts. Now, here's an underlying thought on all of this that we want to see today. If you want a better life, you'd better guard your thoughts. Read that with me. If you want a better life, you'd better guard your thoughts. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, life consists of what a man is thinking about all day. I want, I want to uh, point out to you as well that you will never rise above your thoughts. Your life will never rise above your thoughts. If you don't think you can, you can't. If you think you can, you can. And uh, it affects so many, so many things. And we're going to explore that a little bit here this morning. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a, as a man thinks in his heart... So is he. Um, the University of Tennessee did a 12-year study. And they took, they divided into two groups. In the one group, they exposed them uh, to nothing but negative news. So part of the study, that's all they got was negative news. The control group was exposed not to just, you know, pure positive, but it was a mix and it, and it had positive in it. So it's a little more realistic of what our world is like. The 12-year study produced these 
results. This was the outcome of those that were exposed to regular negative news. First of all, they were more depressed than when they started the study. Secondly, they believed that the world was a negative place. Thirdly, they were less likely to help others. And fourth, they believed that what they'd heard and seen would probably happen to them. So our outlook on life, this is what this tells us. Our outlook on life, our concept of reality, and our view of how we are to participate in the world is largely informed by what we're exposed to and what we feed on. So what we're exposed to uh, as far as information and so forth, uh, news, uh, interactions, what we're exposed to and what we feed on in our thinking, those things, and get this again, they form our outlook on life, our concept of reality, and our view on how we're going to participate in the world around us. So it shapes our thoughts. It shapes our thoughts. So not only is what you're exposed to and that you focus on shape your thoughts, but also your upbringing, your upbringing, how your parents' thought gets passed on to you unless you get rid of how they thought. My mother-in-law grew up during the Great, uh, great Depression, not recession, depression. And she said it informed much of the way that she thought about things and food and different things like that because it gets, it gets in your thinking. And your thinking, you know, frames you in. It's your attitude. It's your frame of mind. Not only does our upbringing uh, with our parents, but our friends, our schooling, those type of things. And then come current day, the environment that you live in, the companions and associates that you have, Uh, The media that is around you, all of those things have input and they help to shape your whole outlook on life, your concept of reality, and then how how you view yourself and how you're going to interact. There are a lot of people, I'm concerned, spend a lot of time, money, energy trying to deal with anxiety, sadness, and that type of thing. They're trying to fix their emotions. Now follow this. They're trying to fix their emotions. There are others that due to poor choices and bad behavior, they've got consequences in their life. They too are spending a lot of time and energy and money trying to clean up some messes in their life, uh, consequences in their life. And I would say that most emotional uh, situations we're dealing with and most of the consequences that we're dealing with have underneath them patterns of thinking, patterns of thinking. We're thinking in certain ways. And it's important that we today view how this whole process works and and what it ends up doing for us. So I I, want to give you this statement, and then I'm going to kind of illustrate this for you. What you think, everybody say think. What you think determines how you feel. Everybody say feel. And then how you feel informs how you decide. Everybody say decide. And then you end up with consequences, consequences. So let me kind of draw this out for you. Uh, That's why this is up here today. I'm going to be drawing for you today. All right, so we're going to draw a train. See how this comes out.
The train is going to be your thoughts. Okay? Now, what follows your thoughts is this car. And this is your emotions. Let's give it some wheels. Your emotions. And like that would be the coal car. It's like your emotions. Hot or cold. And then following your emotions, as we talked about, you have your choices and your decisions. If this looks like it's going uphill, it's because I don't have enough space. <laughs> this next one would be your, your behavior, your actions. And then if you'll bear with me, we'll just bring this one around for the caboose. And the caboose here are your consequences. So here's the train. This is the T train. And so thoughts, everybody say thoughts. And what follows, emotions follow your thoughts and then your choices. And let me just stop the train real quick here too. Uh, How many of you know that your emotions will affect your choices big time? You know, one day you feel, you know, I think we'll do that. Next day, I don't want to do that, you know. And what was it? It was an emotional decision. It, It greatly impacts. Notice all of this too also happens in your soul. It happens in your soul. So your thoughts, your emotions follow, your choices your behavior, what you end up doing, and then you have consequences. Look with me in Romans chapter 8. For to set the mind, okay, here's our thoughts. To set the mind on the flesh is death, okay? Set the mind on the flesh, carnality. The the Bible tells us that the flesh is always contrary to the things of God. So we could say to set the mind on the things of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit or the things of the spirit is, is what? Come on. Life and, and peace. So if my thoughts, if this is of the flesh, if this is carnal, then ultimately the results, the consequences of that are death, which are no good, separated from God and his help. If my thoughts, if my mind, if my thoughts are set on the things of the spirit, then the result of that is going to be the consequence, the caboose of this is life and peace. I don't think anybody wants to be on any other train except the train that's going to ultimately bring us to life and peace. Can I get an amen on that? But it's not all of these things. All of these things are subject to this, to the engine, which is your thoughts. So, Let's, let's go here. We are in a battle. You are in a battle. Say, I'm in a battle. And whether you like that or not, have thought about that or not, or, or didn't know, uh, you're in a battle, and you have an enemy. And your enemy is the enemy of your soul. And there is a battlefield, and the battlefield is not somewhere else. The battlefield is, you ready? It's right here between your ears again. It's right here. The battlefield is the mind and it is strategic on the enemy's part and it is targeted on the enemy's part to go after your mind this is where go ahead and point to it this is the battlefield this is the battlefield now interesting significant to note here look with me in the book of Matthew chapter 27 verse 33 and when they're describing crucifixion of Jesus okay going to the cross and when they had come to a place called Golgotha That is to say, because Golgotha means 
the place of a skull. Now, I'm not making doctrine out of this. This is just significant. It just catches my attention. That is to say the place of a skull. The greatest battle that ever took place took place on a hill called Golgotha on a cross where Jesus won on our behalf. Look at a picture of Golgotha here today. On this hill, on top of this is where the cross was planted and our Savior died, won the battle for us. This is Golgotha, the place of the skull. Notice the, the eye sockets and the nose. And that's, that's 2,000 years later. It still looks like this. I'm not making doctrine out of that. It just strikes me that this is where the battle is. It strikes me too that just as Jesus won the battle on that hill, I believe that Jesus can win on this battlefield as well. Amen? If we let him in. Now, the enemy lives in, deals in, traffics in darkness. Everybody say darkness. Darkness means it's obscure. I can't make things out. I can't see. It also means ignorance, uh, something you don't know. It means evil. It means destructive. Um, The enemy deals and lives in darkness, and he wants to draw you into darkness, and he wants to fill you with darkness. Look with me quickly in Acts chapter 26. It says, to open their eyes. How do your eyes work? What do they need to be able to see? Light. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Now notice this, Uh, from darkness and then phrased again, the power of Satan to light or to God. And so, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Notice also in Ephesians chapter six, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. We are in a battle And that battle is against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the what? Of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So the enemy wants to use this darkness. And if he can draw you into darkness, if he can get you in darkness, and he's trying to get the darkness in here, okay? He's trying to get this in your thoughts. If he can get the darkness in your thoughts, then he can bind you and keep you bound. He can get you off track. He can get you off your path and lost and you don't know what to do because you cannot see. He wants to get you feeling lost and lonely and hopeless and discouraged. And he's wanting also, uh, the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you get, when you get somebody into darkness, he can be working all the, the effects of darkness on a person's life and you either don't know to resist don't know how to resist or you even cooperate with his plans to destroy your life. And that's what darkness is. And so what we have to do is we have to get into some light or we're going to develop what we call stinking thinking. Come on, everybody say it. Stinking thinking. And stinking thinking is used in a number of different settings. And let's just, in general, it, it means this. This is what you think about yourself and your situation. You think that you will fail. You think that bad things will happen to you. You think nothing will ever really work out for you. You think that you're no good and you think that nobody really cares. And you know what that is? Look at me. You know what that is? That's darkness. 
That's darkness. When you're thinking about yourself, your life, your situations, in that kind of stinking thinking, that is darkness. Now, the devil, your enemy, deals in darkness. God, your Savior, deals in light. And what we have to do is allow his light to help us. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that God has called us and drawn us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And can I tell you, there's no gray zone here. There's darkness and there's light. And you either have in your thinking darkness or you have light. And if darkness is going on in here, we're going to have to deal with it. It gets in for all of us. I said it gets in for all of us. Here's part of the danger, though. No one can really see your battlefield. So what you're dealing with and what you're thinking about and what you're struggling with and what you're distracted by and what you're discouraged over, those things can be going on in here and you can put on your pretty smile for everybody else. And I'm telling you what, don't do that. Don't suffer alone. Don't fight this in darkness by yourself. What you need to do is get with other people. That's one of the great, great blessings of small groups that we talked about. That's one of the reasons we do that. Because when you bring a thought that is in darkness out to somebody else, you know, guys, get somebody you can talk to. I'm talking to the men. Guys, get somebody you can talk to and say, hey, I'm thinking this way. And you have somebody that loves you enough to punch you in the shoulder and say, that's stinking thinking. And a lot of times when we say what we're thinking to another person that we can trust, then when we do that, we realize how dumb that is and how destructive it is. I can't believe I was thinking that way. I can't, think I was, I can't believe I was thinking of doing that. I can't think I was feeling that way. And you know what? It's darkness. And when you bring it out into the light, you can see how ugly it is. And so we've got to get things out into the light. You need light. You need to expose You need to expose your thoughts to light. Now look with me in Psalm 119, verse 105. Are you out there? It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You're not going to be able to do it without God's word. And then also look at this in Proverbs 4. This is so graphic. But the path of the just, and that just means those that are following God. God's done a work in their life. They're following God. The path of the just is like the shining sun. It's the brightest light that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Look at the next verse. The way of the wicked. Let's stop right there. The way of the wicked. The word wicked actually is derived from the idea of to twist. You know, a candle has a wick. And if you look at it, it's twist. Wicker furniture. And it means it maybe started the right place, but it got twisted off track and so the way of the wicked we're off track the way of the wicked is darkness and look at the result of this and they do not know what makes them stumble you know this morning I got up really early and went upstairs and prayed and was going over my notes and looked and it was time to go get ready I came back downstairs went into our bedroom and and I know my house I've lived in my house almost 21 years and, but it was pitch black in my room. I'm trying to make my way to the bathroom. I know there. I've been there bunches of times. But I'm, I'm going along, and I'm just kind of just tapping and dragging my fingers along the wall because Alicia's sound asleep, and the room is total black. And I'm going along, and I'm just kind of feeling along the wall. And I know that when I kind of touch the, the trim, the molding there, then that's the door frame for the bathroom. 
And usually that door is open. (laughs) Did you catch the usually part? So I'm going along. There it is. She goes, oh, what's going on? Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is going on. And so what was the deal? If I just had a little light, if you just turned on the light, I could totally see. How many of you know that there are things that you're running into or people run into that if they'd had light, they could have seen that and that would not have happened. They would not have gone there. Amen. Now, it's going to sound very fancy. It's not actually. I have an armoire. That's just a dresser with doors on it, okay? And it's got, you open the doors, and it has some drawers, and it has a couple of shelves. And on each of those shelves, because so often I'm up way early and getting ready, I have these tap lights under those shelves. So I can just tap those lights, and I have light. And so instead of feeling around and finding one sock or, or just, just whatever else, I have light. Light makes the difference. Everybody say it. Light makes the difference. Now look at me, look at me, look at me. Light will make the difference in your life. It'll make a difference in your emotions, in your relationships, and how you do things. Light will make the difference in your thoughts, and it will get your train going in the right way. But if you don't have light here, if your thoughts are wrong, then we're going we're gonna to have a train wreck. You're going to have a train wreck somewhere, get this thing off off of its right track because if my thoughts are right, if I can get my thoughts right, and light is the difference, if I can get my thoughts right, then my emotions will be right, my choices will be right, my behavior will be better, and then my consequences will be life and peace. Let me say it to you again. If you want life to get better, you'd better guard your thoughts. Amen. Three things, three, three things related to this this morning, and then we'll wrap. First of all, you are responsible for your thoughts. Come on, read it. You are responsible for your thoughts. You can't blame anybody else. If you are negative or positive, that's on you. If you're happy or grumpy, that's on you. If you're up or you're down, that's on you. You're motivated, not motivated, that's on you. Well, my grandpa and my dad, you know, that's them. I'm talking about you. That's a sorry excuse, just a sorry excuse to be a certain way because somebody else was. You, go ahead and say, I I am responsible for my thoughts. You're responsible for it. My mom used to say this when I was a little kid. Actually, my mom said a lot of things when I was a little kid. But she said this. You stop your crying, or I'm going to give you something to cry about. I saw some of you mouthing that with me. You know why? Because moms go to mom school. They know it. What did that mean? It wasn't like, oh, poor Timmy, what's going on, what's going on? No, it's like, you know what? Cut it out. You're responsible for this. Alicia's mom, she also went to mom school, but it was a different chapter. <laughs> they, would, they would say this. Uh, she said, uh, you've got the same britches to get glad in, which is essentially the same thing. Y'all, please understand, this is before they invented timeout. 
you are responsible for your thoughts. Second, you can choose your thoughts. Read that with me. You can choose your thoughts. Look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, sister, and all y'all people, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, you get the idea. The list goes on. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, think, dwell on these things. Next verse. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And there again is the consequence of this. Listen, you have to think on the right things and you can choose your thoughts. Here's a couple of ideas on this. First of all, monitor your mental diet. Monitor your mental diet. You are what you eat. I wish there were nutrition labels on everything so that you could see and monitor your mental diet. Another thing is this, guard your time. Everybody say, guard your time. Use your time right. Use your drive time. How many of you have noticed there's more and more traffic in Marion County? You know, we're growing. It's going to continue to grow. Pray for our leaders that they'll stay ahead on roads and so forth. But, but um, here's, here's the thing. Use your drive time. Don't just be in traffic griping at everybody or just listening to talk radio or this or that. or boom, 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 You know, don't, just don't be going through just mindless driving. Use your drive time. Think on things. Listen to things. There's so many things available to us now that you can, you can listen to worship music. You can listen to scripture being played. And you go, Pastor, do you sound, hear how boring you sound? And this is not boring. I'm telling you how to get light into here so you don't have train wrecks. Instead, we're just driving around. Yankees go home. Y'all hear me? That was not me driving, okay? I love all y'all. But monitor your drive time. Use that time as a, as a productive time. I learned this long time ago. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. And so we're just driving around, listening to whatever anybody wants to talk to us about on, on radio or whatever. Or uh, be careful also with what you're watching. Be careful with what you're listening to. And please be careful with the endless, mindless, got a phone in your face. And spend so much time, social media. I don't care about your barbecue and that you know how to draw butterflies and... You know, what I do, listen, listen, use it. It's powerful, but don't lose your day. Don't just endlessly troll after everybody else who has blonde hair like you or, or whatever, or likes baseball. I mean, use it to, to a purpose, but don't drain your day just mindlessly. And then, and then here's the other thing. The devil will use any tool that he can. I think we should use tools that we can. You can use things to promote your business. I use it to promote ministry. I, I post something just about every day and then I go away. You know, because I'm not going to stay on there and follow everybody's everything. That's up to you. But here's the thing. Just as I said, we should use it. The devil uses technology also. And he uses any tool that he can. And my concern is not just for us. My concern is for our kids. 
Because now there's access to things that we never had access to that freely come, that can be freely found. And you know what? It's either going to be darkness or it's going to be light. And you need to make sure that how you're using your tools and using, uh, you know, uh, uh, devices and so forth, that you're using them for light and not for darkness. Amen. Amen. Now. Next. Oh, let me add this. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. So you're responsible for your thoughts. You can choose your thoughts. And last today, you can change your thoughts. Read that with me. You can change your thoughts. And don't say, I can't get that out of my mind. What you're saying is, I don't know how to get it out of my mind. And I want to share with you a couple ways that you can. The Bible tells us that you can. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we're able to cast down imaginations. We're able to destroy or demolish arguments against against God's truths. And I love this one. And it says, and we're able to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So it means that you need to make your thoughts line up and you need to check them like going through security at the airport or at a concert or something. And we want to make sure it has a ticket. We want to make sure that it has a right to be here, that it identifies itself either as darkness or as light. And don't forget that the enemy tries to masquerade himself as an angel of light. When his whole M.O. and his whole purpose is to bring darkness into our life. You can change your thoughts. Everybody say, I can change my thoughts. Here's one way you do it. You use words. You use words. Your speech centers dominate your brain. Your speech centers dominate your brain. All the time, there are numerous areas of your brain that are at work. But whenever you choose to engage your speech centers because it dominates the brain, the other parts of the brain have to be quiet. They have to come still so they can hear what the mouth is about to say. So you're able to, you've got thoughts going on. The way to cast down that thought, the way to capture that thought, the way to change that thought is by your words. And not just any words. I think you need to use God's words. Can I get an amen on that? Um, Words are thought containers. Words are thought containers, and they're going to carry thoughts. They're going to carry light. They're going to carry darkness, and you've got to decide those words. Not just any words, but from God's word. So since your words are thought containers, then why don't we line those containers load and lace those containers with God's word. You're going to have to get the light of God's word. I'm not playing with you. You're going to have to get the light of God's word into your thoughts. And when you get the word of God into your thoughts, then when thoughts of darkness come, you know, stinking thinking again, well, I, I can't do anything. I never, I never can do anything. That's darkness. And the light of God's word says, I can't. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. When you start to feel like I'm nothing and I'm not worth anything, the light of God's word reminds you that God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you. That he loves you so much that he actually calls you the apple of his eye. That he loves you so much he won't even go to sleep so that he can watch over you and care for you. When you feel like, well, nothing ever works out for me. Actually, the Bible says everything always works out for you because you love God and are called according to his purposes. You know, and no matter what it would be, the darkness that would try to encroach into your thinking, you can replace that thought. You can change that thought by actually words. Everybody say words. And I'm not talking about just another thought. I'm talking about words. 
actually to out loud say these things. Now, don't be weird in the mall or at work or anywhere else, okay? This is the battle that you fight, and you, and you fight it uh, with words and using God's words. If you want a better life, you better guard your thoughts. And let me just say something. We're glad to do it, and it goes with the turf of, of ministry. But we've been dealing with a lot of train wrecks. And when we're dealing with train wrecks, there's a whole lot of people that get hurt. And there's a whole lot of tragedy that goes with a train wreck. And as you kind of track back and find out what happened here, why did we get the consequences of something going off the rails and people getting hurt and destruction coming and tragedy coming to lives and families and marriages and and even the personal well-being of people? When you follow it back, almost always you can come back here and there was something going on in the thoughts. And if we have darkness or we have light, and you know what? God has given us light. And let me say this to you, and then I've got to close. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And if he's the light of the world, he can be the light in my thoughts. And you're going to have to, you're going to, have to open yourself and go to war. And, I, and I'm telling you, when war is on, you know, it's time. You've got to step in. You've got to do because we've got to win. And I don't want to see a train wreck for you, for your marriage, for your life, for your kids. And really it has to do with what's going up front and in the engine of this train that you're getting light into your thoughts. Amen? If you want a better life, you better guard your thoughts. You get anything at all out of this today? Amen. All right. This message grows every service. I ran us out of time. Would you stand up and let me pray for you? Let me say this to you. Just as I just said, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. He is your access to light. You don't have a source of light without a relationship with God. So I want to take just this last minute before I run you out of here. Pray this prayer with me to begin a relationship with God through Jesus. Everybody pray. Father God, I come to you now. In Jesus' name, Jesus who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you. I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me. Forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new. Set me free. And now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with your light, with your Holy Spirit, and with the assurance. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. And I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, God heard it and God honors it. And you have a relationship with God. It's important that you grow in that. If you did pray that prayer today, prayer team's going to be up here as they are after every service. Please come and tell one of them. You'll be glad that you did. And they'll encourage you. And they have some information to give to you as well. It's been a good morning. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Peace. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.